Our reading is from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, beginning to read at verse 8. And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Thanks be to God for his word. If you've been here the last few weeks, we've actually been looking at some of the songs of Christmas that are in, that are in the Bible. And, th- and today is no different. Did you notice the song that was in our passage read? The song of the angels declaring that Jesus had been born. So we're going to think just for a few moments on this Christmas morning about this particular song. Uh, what's your favorite Christmas carol? I don't know what yours might be. I shared a few weeks back that mine is uh, Oh Holy Night, I think. It changes, chops and changes here and there. You might have a different one, but I'm sure we've got a, a favorite Christmas carol. And this morning being Christmas Day, uh, the first Christmas we remember, classically we've got all the characters involved, haven't we? We've got Mary and Joseph, we've got a census, why they were in Bethlehem, we've got a manger, and of course we meet these shepherds on the hillside and singing angels. It is definitely Christmas Day. And so we're just going to look at a few, three aspects of the Christmas message that we can get from this story. And to help us, I've got three, I suppose what you would call, items, just to take us through this encounter and song. And the first people we're going to look at are the shepherds themselves. Is there anything visible that might be to do with shepherds themselves? Well done on the, yes, I saw a point there, that's right. First item this morning, the shepherds themselves, and I've got, well, some sort of shepherd's crook here. I would love to be able to say that I got this from a a Sherpa in Tibet somewhere, or or maybe on a hillside in Israel when I visited and got it off of someone there who gave it to me. Uh, I'm afraid not. It's nothing at all as glamorous as that. I bought it for one pound at a garage sale about five years ago. Um, So that's the origin of that. 
But you know what? I've said before that my favorite people in the Christmas story, if I were to have favorites, because it's very difficult to do that, it would be the shepherds. I, I love the surprise of this encounter. I love the way in which Jesus would make a connection with these by calling himself the good shepherd later. I love it all to do with the shepherds. I love that they were the lowest of the low in society, the lowest rungs, and yet they were the first to be told about the birth of Jesus. And it's rather like Christmas morning with kids, isn't it? It's often surprising. It's certainly never dull. And of course, it always happens way too early in the morning uh, before anyone is awake and ready for the day. You have these shepherds watching their flocks by night. We're not told what time this all happens. But suddenly, an angel of the Lord appears. He tells them not to be afraid and tells them this incredible message that he says will cause great joy for all the people. But we'll get to that message in just a moment. But I think the staff is a pretty good symbol for the shepherds. It reminds us of what the shepherds did and what the good shepherd also does. Do you know, if you were out in the wilderness in Israel, you might encounter all sorts of things. You might encounter wild lions or bears or wolves, perhaps. There are also robbers and thieves who would try and steal sheep from right under the noses of the shepherds. And the shepherds had to be ready to do anything to protect the sheep, to step in the way, to lead, to guide them to the next place, ready to find shelter, a home for the sheep too, ready to do whatever it took to look after those animals entrusted to their care. And I don't think it's any coincidence that on this Christmas morning as we gather, we remember that Jesus himself also does all of those things for us. He's one who brings great joy. Because, you know, what do we want from life, really? What do we actually want from life? Christmas is a good time to think about that kind of thing. What do we actually want from life? Well, you know, one of the things that I think we all want from life is to know that we're secure. To know that we are protected and whatever happens, we've got someone there to lead and guide us. That's what these shepherds would do for the sheep. That was their job, but it's also what Jesus promises to do for us. In that way, I don't think there's any accident at all that these shepherds were the first people to be told about the birth of Jesus. Not only because it proved that God wanted to reach the most humble and lowest in society to the uppermost and most influential, but also because it reminded clearly of Jesus himself, the good shepherd of the sheep, and all he would come to do for us. Leading, guiding, protecting, nurturing, and of course, saving those who would follow him. A sign of what was yet to come. So we have, first of all, the staff and the shepherds. 
Now, uh, what next? Well, we might, what might we have around that could pertain to something else? Maybe the angels, perhaps? <laughs> I'm looking over here because I can see someone who's going like this and sort of eyebrowing me as to where things are. Um, yes, we've got it over here. That's right. Um, a representation of what I suppose, I hope anyway, looks a little bit like angel wings. I found these, these up in the resources room. Um, and I think that's meant to go around your neck. I'm not going to put it on. Um, but it goes around your neck and you spread out the wings and it's attached to your arm. And so we've got angel wings here this morning. You know, just the other day, I watched that classic Christmas film, It's a Wonderful Life. And so whenever I think about angel wings, um, it makes me remember that line in it. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Anyone watched It's a Wonderful Life yet this year? Oh, a couple of hands. Okay, good. A couple of people have. Yeah, great old classic film. Strangely enough, talking about angel wings... We don't actually know that these angels have wings in the Bible. We don't actually know that. Um, uh, little fact for Christmas morning. Some do. The cherubim and the seraphim, two particular orders of the angels, we're told they have wings, and that's where the idea that angels has wing, have wings comes from. But there are other times uh, in the Bible where it just seems to describe angels appearing pretty much like people would. Just, just like us in some kind of a way. They didn't have wings or glowing white clothing or even halos. They just appeared like people. But of course, in saying that they were like people, we remember that they were not people. Completely different part of God's creation. They're like us, but they're not us. They work in realms unseen, except on those rare occasions, like to the shepherds, they appear to people with a message to bring. And in fact, that's what the Hebrew word for angel means. It simply means messenger, someone who brings a message. They're the posties of the Christmas world. Powerful beyond what we can imagine, spirit in nature, not limited to the forces of nature like our bodies are. They're like us, but also not us. And what do we get told in the passage? An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and the shepherds were terrified. I mean, you would be, wouldn't you? <laughs> you would be. Out there, nothing ever happens in the wilderness. You might see an odd bear or wolf or something like that. There might be a bit of excitement at times, but nothing happens out in the wilderness. It's a bit of a boring job, really. Same thing happens, same day passes, humdrum things. You know, it's not, it's not very exciting being a shepherd. And suddenly, this angel appears. I mean, you can imagine it, can't you? There's a reason why angels say when they appear, any good angel anyway, don't be afraid. Because you would be frightened, scared out of your wits. And this angel passes the test with no pun intended, flying colors. And the, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, as the carol we sang just reminded us. What's glory? What does it mean when we read about glory? Well, what it means is that 
felt, tangible presence of God. In the air that night, his splendor, his majesty, his holiness radiating out around his messengers. I mean, it would have been quite the light show. We put lights up for Christmas, not a patch on the angels because of the one whom they came from. It's proof once again, isn't it, that as we thought of the Advent candle, the last of them, the candle of Jesus, light in the darkness, that God was coming to be light in the darkness, a light that will never be extinguished and never be overcome. Jesus himself said, I am the light of the world. And that same light, that same glory, he shines into our lives too and into our world. To all who would receive him, he would be the Son of God, our Savior and Lord. The most incredible promise we can remember on this Christmas morning. Which gets us nicely to the third and final aspect of our passage and the song and message itself. We've had the shepherds, we've had the angels, and I'll pop this back up where it came from over here. And then thirdly, we have the message. Anything that might pertain to a message that you can see? Yes, fingers pointing. You're being very good on this Christmas morning to join in with the pointing, those who are. That's right, we've got, well, it's a gift tag this morning. If I can get it off the front there, there we go. Right, a gift tag this morning. We all like receiving gifts, don't we? Um, I haven't opened any of my gifts yet. It's been drummed into me over many, many years, and I quite like it being this way anyway, that we, we don't open our gifts until after lunch. It's always after lunch in our house, and so um, I've, got, I've got nothing to show you this morning. But we think, don't we, of Christmas gifts, and the greatest gift, the message that this is all about with uh, a gift tag this morning. And what were we told? What were the shepherds told all those years ago? Well, I've got it on the back of here. The angel said, I will bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. It is the greatest, the most incredible of days in human history. A Savior that had been so long in coming has now arrived. Do you know, I wondered if it would have surprised the shepherds to hear that this Savior born was going to be born in a Stable, you know, in a, put in a manger, just wrapped in simple cloths. They might have been expecting that there would have been a, a fanfare, well, something greater even than beyond what the angels had done in front of them. A fanfare to the whole of the land. Maybe uh, that you would be born in a palace somewhere, 
wrapped in fine clothes, laid in a nice royal cot somewhere. It just goes to prove how unusual these events are. The Son of God, the Savior of his people, would arrive and not be found in a palace or in a king's robe, but in simple cloths lying in a manger. All of it was so unusual, and that was the reason it was a sign. How many babies would have been born that day in Bethlehem, placed in a manger and wrapped in cloths? I think we can safely say none others, because it wasn't the usual way of doing things. A miracle baby, though, born in the humblest of birthplaces. And you know, I really think that sets the frame, the feel for Christmas, doesn't it? It does set the feel for Christmas. That the humblest of birthplaces would be the place filled with the greatest of wonder and the wonder of glory. You know, if the shepherds hadn't expected anything to happen that night, what happened next would literally have blown their socks off and knocked them for six. The announcement coming out of nowhere by the greatest of heavenly hosts, a great company of angels filling the sky around them, singing, praising God, saying what was just about to happen. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. There's the glory again. The presence of God magnified back to and by God. It's the most incredible of events in human history taking place. And yet even amongst that, even amongst the wonder and the glory, we're involved in it too. The on earth bit. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. I said the other day in our service, don't we all need a bit of peace at times? To know that things are going to be okay. Don't we need to know that today, this very day? Well, if you know and trust that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, that's you. You're included in the story right there. That whatever Christmas looks like today, whatever it might be for you watching at home, if you've trusted in Jesus, this day and every day can be a peace-bringing day because you're someone on whom the favor of God rests to bring salvation to the world. Peace forever with him regardless of what happens on this earth. A song of glory, because it's a song of salvation. And I guess that's where we rest on this Christmas morning too. It reminds us that Christmas is not just business as usual. It's a saviour to be worshipped. It's not just a story to be shared, but it's a glory of God to be magnified. And it is not just a baby to be born. It's a messiah to be met by each one of us in our hearts and minds this day as much as any other time. And so I'll just say 
uh, as I finish. That question that I've asked on a couple of occasions recently, do you know him? Do you know this Savior? Do you know the one who came humbly but with glory, praised by the angels because of what he would do, so that you too can have the peace that passes all understanding and the joy of knowing him this day and forever. Let's pray and ask him to bless us. Father, we thank you for being able to remember Jesus on this day. We praise you that he is the one who came to a fanfare of glory and yet born in the most humblest of circumstances and whom was revealed to the humblest of people. And we pray this morning that might be in our hearts and minds as we go about the rest of our day. Whatever this day may look like, we pray that you, by your Spirit, that knowing Jesus as our Savior, we too can have that same peace that passes all understanding. Help us to share in that joy, to know your love, to be filled with your hope, because Jesus arrived and we can praise him together. So bless us, we pray in your name. Amen.